chance to grill us on those. A little bit of the latest news. James Bradbury officially released from the New York Giants. Where does he fit in now? Where's a, a landing spot for him as a free agent? And Tom Brady inking a massive broadcasting deal for the end of his career, which is most likely going to be after his final season this year in 2022 with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll get into all of it and your questions right now. You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Peacock and Williamson Tuesday Live, a.k.a. Twitter Tuesday, as it was previously known. We got some Twitter questions as well as those that pop up in the chat. Brian Peacock and Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL are those handles on Twitter. Appreciate you making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is what we do, and your team is covered after you're done listening to uh, us cover the entire league here on Peacock and Williamson every day. Go check out your team, which is covered on the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out to everybody already starting to jump in on the stream. Appreciate all of you, and feel free to hit us with those questions or comments or uh, whatever comes to your mind as we go through today's episode. But let's start it off with the breaking news from today. Matt, and it is Tom Brady. He is, let's see, I want to get the numbers correct because they're large numbers. And um, the broadcasters these days are getting paid as much as the players in a lot of cases. He's not quite going to get top of the market quarterback money, but he's going to get that top of the market wide receiver money as a broadcaster. And uh, according to Front Office Sports, Tom Brady will step into the richest pact in sports media history once he retires from the NFL. Brady will earn $20 million to $25 million a year as the number one analyst on Fox, Brady will surpass both Troy Aikman, who moved to ESPN, and Tony Romo, uh, Tony Romo of CBS with what he's being paid. And I assume those two guys will now have a benchmark for what they're going to ask for on their next contracts. But Aikman just left, so he's already used his leverage to get himself a new contract. Um, but what do you think? Tom Brady, the broadcaster, will he be the GOAT there as well? Really interesting. I, I mean... More Brady, I think, is better. And at this stage of his life, he's starting to come out with things and pull back the curtain a little bit and, you know, show people what he does behind the scenes and more of his family stuff. And I was actually just talking to my sister, who's not much of a sports fan. She was all over the the TV 12 series, I think it was called. And, and I'm excited to dig into that at some point. So he's obviously a very interesting dude with an unbelievable wealth of football knowledge as well. I assume, not that he'll tell us everything, but I assume he'll take the the Romo approach to even a higher level of, oh, this safety's coming, look for the slant behind it, you know, oh, he, the quarterback didn't see it, and, you know, the play was there. You know, really break it down as he would process, and there's never been a better processor in the league. I don't know anything about the finances. I mean, I guess if any player turned uh, analyst is worth that much money, it's absolutely him. Peyton Manning would be high on my list as well because I think he's funny and extremely knowledgeable. Mm -hmm. But does anyone, I mean, maybe some people do, and I'm just in the minority because I'm going to watch no matter what. Does anyone tune in because Brady's going to be the announcer? (laughs) You know what I mean? That's where I go with this. I feel like yeah. it's wasted money by some of these networks. And to be honest with you, most people are tired of these highly paid broadcasters and looking for alternate ways to hear alternate voices. That's what makes the Manning cast so refreshing because it's yeah, not good point. standard broadcasters. 
And uh, I, I agree with you. I would, I would, if I was to choose based on broadcasters, which game I was going to watch and we don't get Madden summer all anymore, which would have been number one. We talked a little bit about that off the air. Mm-hmm. And that's the last time I really cared who was broadcasting a game all that much. I, I would choose man. I was also 10. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I, I a young man, a young, young kid mostly. And, if I was to choose, I would choose Manning over Brady. There's a, mm-hmm. I don't know if Brady has the greatest charisma and obviously there's a ton of knowledge there, but I mean, I'm not going to be tuning in any, to any games because Brady is broadcasting it. And I don't tune in because Troy Aikman is broadcasting and I don't tune in for, um, for Joe Buck. I don't tur- turn in, tune in for Tony Romo. So I don't know why they're paying all this money. I guess you got to pay him a lot to just get him to do the job period. Maybe that's part of it. But and I don't I think there might be some because look, this is the this is the way I've always thought of things in the in the NFL, especially because it's look, coaches, coach, scouts, scout, players, play broadcasters, broadcast just because you're good at one doesn't mean you're good at the other. We've seen really good coaches screw up the the roster building process. Right. We've seen really good players not be good broadcasters. The all time leading rusher in the NFL was the worst broadcaster of all time. Right. It's so that that's. that's what you you're not always great at both. And some people are great at both, but just because you're good at one doesn't mean you're good at the other. And we get a lot of pushback all the time. We talk about the draft. Oh, what do you know? You're not a GM or a coach. What do you know about the draft? It's like, have you followed how bad coaches and GMs are at actually drafting? Um, so anyway, um, I, I do think that sometimes people can go out of their lanes and just because he's famous, and it was a really good player. And clearly he's married to the game because he's he's already got a deal for what he's going to do after his career with football. And it involves football. Um, you know, I, I don't expect a lot from Brady to be this amazing greatest of all time broadcast. That's just- I think I'll learn something from him every broadcast in terms mm-hmm. of X's and O's and blitz packages and protections and all the, you know, nerdy stuff like that. But I'm with you. I, I mean, there isn't necessarily a direct overlap between any of those skill sets, coach, the broadcaster, player to scout, whatever, you know, all those things you mentioned. And, you know, a lot of coaches that were phenomenal players drastically failed. I guess Ted Williams gave it a shot. And they're like, what do you mean you can't pick up a curveball? You can't see the seams, you know, like, no, Ted, I can't see the seams of the ball. You know, like some people just have ungodly gifts. I, that doesn't apply to Brady. So, I mean, hopefully he can translate his knowledge to the fans. But isn't he rumored to basically be the successor or in some way, shape, or form have some ownership in the Dolphins going forward or looking to do that? I, I don't know if you know much about that, but I guess the the owner-to-be, whenever that comes, is like Brady's best friend. So this might be – I mean, he may end up monopolizing this league when it's all said and done with <laughs> Super Bowl trophies and ownership and all the above. The TB12 FL is yeah. uh, what the NFL is going to become. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, do you have any thoughts on James Bradbury, his official release now? And we kind of knew it was coming. They tried mm-hmm. to trade him. They were unsuccessful. It, was he overrated as a player when he signed that big contract with the New York Giants from the Carolina Panthers as a free agent? Because he's not going to see the end of that contract. He's going to get – released uh, according to Dan Duggan of the athletic. It looks like the New York giants with this release are going to save $10.1 million in cap savings, leaving behind $11.7 million in dead money, unless they make it a June, a post June 1st designation in which there would be 11.5 million savings with 10.4 million dead this year and 1.4 dead 
next year. So they would push 1.4 million into next year's dead money instead of this year's dead money, essentially. So it's, it's pretty similar in the, in the structures of, of those, uh, of those numbers, as far as cap savings for the New York giants. But clearly Joe Shane comes in as the new GM for the New York giants and some pretty big names, a, a first rounder from last year, Kadarius Tony was on the block. Now they have released <laughs> after trying to trade James Bradbury. So is this year one for the giants and we'll talk about landing spots potentially, but is year one for the giants more about cleaning house than it is about trying to build something for now, because they have the, a lame duck quarterback now that they didn't pick up a fifth year option for in Daniel Jones. And they didn't really do anything for the post Daniel Jones quarterback room. I think that's exactly what it is. And I don't know that Bradbury was a terrible contract or an overrated player for the buck, maybe a little, I mean, he's not to me a top five corner, but he's a really good player. And I expect him to get picked up very, very quickly. Um, I think that project number one for the Giants is just uh, erasing the mistakes of the prior regime. Guys like Kenny Galladay are bad contracts, you know, and I just went over the cap.com to see where they're at, you know, in terms of cap space. They now have, you know, a, a little bit this year, 14 and a half million, give or take. So to sign their draft picks, maybe they can get a bargain free agent. You know, now's a good time to go shopping for those type of things. But next year, only the Bears and Texans have more cap space as it sits right now than New York, who had very little spending power this offseason. So there's four teams with over $80 million available, and the Giants are one of them. So I think they're preparing for that day. But, you know, even just looking at, like, their offensive skill position players, I mean, besides Tony, who might be out going out the door at some point, who knows, and the receiver Robinson and the tight end that they drafted this year, all the rest of that group could prop could possibly be gone next year. I mean, Shepard, Galladay, Barkley. Um, I think Rudolph's already gone, or am I positive on that? You know, but it, even spots that look like we're deep for this team could be really shuffling. Oh, Jones, of course, was the other one I wanted to mention, as you mentioned yep. as well. So they might be in the market for like an all new group of skill position players. Um, but I think it's really just. Let's clean out the mess that, you know, you, you, it's like you move into a house and the, the basement's a disaster. Like, didn't anybody clean this stuff up? I got to clean this stuff up before I paint it and make it nice. Yeah, you, you don't paint first. You clean it first, then you paint it. <laughs> right, up. right. Put some new, maybe some new hardwood floors in there or something. Uh, let's let, let's talk a little bit about a couple of landing spots, and I'll throw the New England Patriots out there as a landing spot, potentially. Yeah. Um, they've got, you know, Malcolm Butler is back there. Jalen Mills, they lost their best cornerback. They did draft a third and fourth round corner, but Marcus Jones is more of the nickel variety. So an outside corner for a team that runs a lot of man coverage, that could be a landing spot. Uh, I look at the um, maybe the Seattle Seahawks. They did draft a couple of corners, but more of the uh, draft and develop variety there. So could would Bradbury be an upgrade over Sidney Jones? And I, and I think that's entirely possible. Yeah. Um, and maybe, maybe the Jets? I could see the Jets. They did get sauce. You're right, right. So, um, aggressive maybe, front office. The Rams are kind of involved in everybody that's, that's a big-name player, mm -hmm. and they didn't have any draft picks to, to tackle that, but they already did bring back Troy Hill, so I don't know if he's uh, the spot. But, yeah, as uh, the Newt says in the chat, yeah, I could see him definitely. could always see the free big-name free agents going to L.A. Uh, maybe Kansas City, too, is, is another one I'll throw out there. Yeah, that, that's not a bad one either. Um, since I'm at OverTheCap.com, uh, over I just pulled up who's got a lot of cap space remaining. The Panthers have the most 
I don't know if that would be a fit again. The Browns still have a lot, and that's with Mayfield on the on the docket. Would they be interested? Possibly. I don't think the Texans would be somewhere that he would want to go. Miami seems loaded at corner. The Saints are probably good enough at corner. Since he drafted defensive backs like crazy, the Chargers brought in a high-priced corner already. The Bears drafted secondary. But the, the one that comes to mind, just looking at cap space, is the Cowboys. I mean, they still have $15.5 million. They're an aggressive front office. Put him opposite Diggs, possibly. I mean, I'm spitballing here, to be honest yeah. with you. But, you know, uh, they they don't sit on their hands. Corners are needed around the NFL. You know, it is a, it is an important position. Uh, looking at the PFF grades, really only one good season, according to Pro Football Focus. Is I can see that. And that was in 2020, where he had a 79.8. And it wasn't an elite season, but it was seventh among 121 corners in the league. Last year, he was dead middle of the pack. Of 116 cornerbacks that qualified to be graded by PFF, James Bradbury was 58th, so right in the middle, uh, 62.8 grade, which is not great, and that's kind of close no. to what he had throughout the rest of his career, except for the one good year, according to PFF, that is. So, um, yeah, I'm not giving PFF a hard time, right? Um, but I do one thing I, I credit them for. They say the cornerback position is pretty inconsistent year to year, except for the elite ones. You know that there's a lot of up and down with their grades with the, with the good to great, good to really good ones. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, the Giants also didn't have a great pass rush last year either. You know, they go out and you know, draft pass rush. I don't know how pro football focus factors that in. I mean, if you're covering a half a second longer, sure makes it tough. I think he's a real good player that won't be unemployed long. But I, I'm not disagreeing with, with what pro football focus said, that there was one outlier year and you can't pay for that. All right, we'll get into the chat a little bit. We've got some Twitter questions as well coming up on this live episode of Peacock and Williamson, but I'll let the folks out there know about Bet Online. Continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. And I, I want to clear something up that I said yesterday when we were talking about the NFC West draft grades. And by the way, feel free to roast us on our NFC grades. We'll get into the AFC grades starting tomorrow with the East. Um. I said that the the there wasn't much in the NFC West as far as players you could bet on for offensive or defensive rookie of the year because the Seattle Seahawks the only team that had a first round pick in that division and they went with Cross. But I totally forgot about Ken Walker in the second round. That's actually one I really like. I think they yeah, would maybe the out of him. And so and he's one of the and maybe the best pure running back in this draft class and I could see him absolutely ending up at the front of the line with some of the injuries going on in that backfield so maybe that's where you should put your money at bet online for offensive rookie of the year the second round running back out of Seattle Kenneth Walker find all the latest odds news sports developments including this year's NBA playoffs Major League Baseball NFL futures Super Bowl champion uh, fights and live betting esports and more you name it so get over to the bet online website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action at bet online where the game starts thanks again everybody for making peacock and williamson your first listen make sure for your second listen you're checking out matt's locked on dynasty podcast i'm doing locked on 49ers if you're not a 49ers fan that is okay your team is covered right here on the locked on podcast network are the new york giants a dark horse Matt for Baker Mayfield during this hmm. and I, I've heard some just some whispers that maybe Jimmy Garoppolo under the same circumstances that um, th clearly they don't believe enough in 
Daniel Jones. And, and what's funny is players like Baker Mayfield are maybe why the Giants are were more shy to pick up that fifth year option for Daniel Jones. So would they even want to go that route? Um, I had thought of this. I, I kind of like it the more I'm thinking about it, especially after the Bradbury release just talked about cap space. They could absorb at least a portion of Mayfield's contract. Um, initially, I thought, well, Daniel Jones is closer to Josh Allen than Mayfield is, but Josh Allen's the freakiest freak quarterback in the league. You know, I mean, like, you're not going to get the Josh Allen clone, especially in the middle of May. <laughs> you know, I mean, like, those guys are on other teams are going to be first-round picks next year, which brings me to, well, Mayfield and Jones could compete this year. Um, they did strongly go after Mitch Trubisky, so it wasn't like they were just sitting on their hands at the quarterback position and content with what they have. Signed Baker to a two-year deal, maybe. You know, that let those two fight it out this year. Mayfield will be on the team next year. Certainly doesn't mean you couldn't draft the first-round quarterback, too. So, yeah, I think that's a pretty good idea, pretty good landing spot. And maybe that's the next shoe to drop. Good call, Matthew. And really, it depends on Baker Mayfield's. So teams would have to be willing to take on some money. And would the Giants be willing to do that? Yeah. Or is everyone just waiting? You know, Seattle, obviously. Sure. And I'm sure if Baker Mayfield just becomes a free agent, Seattle would probably be the choice over the Giants. It seems like it would be an easier path to play this year. But you don't have to pay him anything. You can pay him the league minimum if he gets cut because he's got that guaranteed contract. And the the Cleveland Browns will be the ones paying him if he gets released. So you That's can pay him the league minimum and he's general. still getting that $18 million, right? So, I mean, in, in, in that scenario, maybe he ends up a stealer, right? <laughs> Just to try to stick it to him, <laughs> so, um, which uh, which is probably very unlikely because there's a tougher path to play there. Mm. But anyway, um, that, that's an interesting one. And I think probably that's why those teams aren't cutting him. Like, you know, so for the 49ers, they don't want to cut Jimmy. They don't want him to end up with the Seahawks, I'm sure. Right. But that uh, situation is not contentious. No, no, it's not. It's different. You know. And and the the Browns almost have to do something with Baker, but at the same time, cutting him doesn't help them. So they'll wait till the last possible second to try to trade him and at least have a team pick up some of that salary because if they cut him now, they're still going to be stuck with the entire 18 million just like if they cut him at the last possible second. So there's no reason for either one of those teams to do anything now, which is why neither one of those players have gotten cut. So these teams that might be interested, it's sort of a little bit of a staring match and and the first team that kind of has that need or decides, look, we'll take on whatever of this and we have, we're willing to offer something little. I think then we'll start to see some movement with those last two quarterbacks that deserve to be starting somewhere in the NFL. Yeah. Uh, just sticking with Mayfield. I, I think that a lot of our listeners and viewers, I guess, are sat are going, why isn't there any interest in Mayfield? He's better than some starters out there. And I, I think that's a little bit of a misnomer. There, there's not, it, it's all about the money. It's not, you know, I, I don't want Baker plus 15 million guaranteed or 10 million guaranteed when I think we have the Browns behind the eight ball. And like you said, you laid it out great that if they cut him and I give him 2 million, Baker still makes 20 this year and as happy as can be and doesn't hurt my cap at all. Or, you know, better yet, give him a, give him 2 million this year with the option of 20 million the year after, if you're the giants or 15 or whatever it is, have some power in that dangle a carrot to them or incentives or whatever for next year. 
And then he's very attractive. I mean, if he doesn't cost you a pick or a big chunk of right now salary cap money, and a lot of teams don't have a lot of cap space, then he's. I think people will be beating down his door. I think there'll be four or five teams that would be interested. Like, I like Davis Mills, but I'd throw Baker Mayfield in that room too and see what happens, you know, and I could say that about a bunch of teams, maybe Miami, you know, whoever. And I could see why Baker Mayfield would be pretty ticked off right now because he played through a lot yeah. of injuries and maybe he shouldn't have because it hurt his. If you go back one year when Baker Mayfield's fifth year option was getting picked up, I mean, that was a no brainer. Nobody we thought twice about right. what's that. We, we were, it wasn't like, oh, are the Browns going to resign him? It was wasn't like Darnold. Like, like, I don't know, should they give it to him or not? You know, <laughs> right. Yeah. It was right, like, right. it was like, not are they going to resign him? It was how much are they going to pay when they do resign? Baker Mayfield like that was a no-brainer it, it, they, he was in such a different place going into last year um, than you know going and winning a playoff game for the Browns that's just something that quarterbacks didn't do in Cleveland so yeah he did get kind of a raw deal there and I know there's some personality stuff as well so teams might not be as interested but I have a feeling if he was to get cut he would get snapped up really really quickly and I think in in cities like Carolina and Seattle he would win that starting job and probably repair yes. at least somewhat his uh his image and, and, you know, go a long way to making himself some more money in the future and making those teams a little more competitive, which maybe that's not what they want deep down, but you know, uh, (laughs) there's also that issue of it. Um, real quick on Mayfield. I'm sure we have other things to get to. I'm hard on him because uh, he's not really for me. I think he has some inherent faults to, you know, to, to his game, but I also think it's crazy to your point. If you judge him just off last year's tape, he had like 4,000 injuries. You know, like I know you can only judge what happens between the lines, but sometimes you got to use some common sense too and be like, he doesn't look the same. More of the chat coming up here. A couple Twitter questions as well. See some good questions coming up here about the Packers and about the Saints. But I want to let the folks out there know about rockauto.com, a family owned business that has been helping do it yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are always reliably low for every customers if you're diy or if you are a professional rockauto.com has an amazing selection of parts for your car or truck at those reliably low prices for example if you are looking for say a fuel pump for a honda odyssey why pay 30 percent, 50 percent, even 100 percent more for the same parts from a chain store or a car dealership that might only have one brand and, and you don't really even know what they have on their screen they're looking at and quoting you some exorbitant price for it. That Honda Odyssey fuel pump might cost three hundred and fifty dollars from a chain store, but you go to rockauto.com and it's only two hundred and sixteen dollars. That's what you're getting at rockauto.com. You are getting. Uh, the the most competitive prices and the most absurd, and I'm talking seriously, they have every part for every car or truck you could imagine at rockauto.com. And when you go to rockauto.com, make sure you let them know that Locked On sent you. Write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us box? So they know we sent you to rockauto.com. Go there right now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, we got a Pack fan here, Garrett. He says, do you expect the Packers will still grab a wide receiver in free agency or will they roll with what they have right now? Um, Let me me run it down for you after the draft. This is what the depth chart is looking like for the Green Bay Packers. And by the way, you got a little bit of grief, Matt, that you said Randall Cobb was no longer on the Packers. No, I know he is. Bring it back. And they have his little brother, Amari Rogers. So I know. 
Randall Cobb gets hurt or something, they've got a similar player in Amari Rogers, which, you know, at this point, a third rounder last year, you would expect he'd be ready to sort of take on that slot role. But when you lose Devontae Adams, you probably feel like you need that veteran in the room in Randall Cobb. So they got a couple of slot guys that are very similar covered. They've and got, they also took the Noah's Ark, you know, uh, approach here to the receiver position. Yes. yes. I mean, they have Actually, a lot. three of them. They have a lot of bodies. They have, by my count, they have a lot of bodies. That's what I'm saying. At least right. 12 wide receivers on the roster going into training camp. So they don't need bodies. If they need anything, you know, if let, let's say if the, the, the wide receiver version of James Bradbury was cut at this point, I think maybe they would, they would look at that. Right. But at this point, they, you know, they drafted two wide receivers, Christian Watson. They traded up to get him in the second round. They're hoping he develops into that starter across from clearly Alan Lazard on the other side. And then Randall Cobb in the slot with Amari Rogers, the young player. Um, and then you've got Sammy Watkins, who's some, sort of a wild card. So if Christian Watson's not ready, you go Sammy Watkins early in the season and then maybe transition to Christian Watson. So I think they have probably enough depth when you consider Romeo Dubs, the fourth rounder as well, that'll be competing there. So when you look at maybe, you know, most teams suit up around six wide receivers on game day. Christian Watson, Alan Lazard is are probably the starters outside, or that's how they hope that, that it will go for the 49ers. Then you've got uh, Watkins and Romeo Dubs backing them up with, uh, Jawan Winfrey in there, who was a college free agent, I think a couple of years ago. Um, you got Dubs, you got Rogers, you got Randall. So you have six guys to suit up pretty easily. And then some other training camp fodder and some other guys battling for spots. The seventh rounder, Samori Touré as well, that they drafted. So uh, they drafted three wide receivers. So they went they went Noah's Ark plus. <laughs> right. And, and, I, I don't, I don't, plus one, yeah. And clearly, just by not going into the first round and trading up for a wide receiver, I think the Packers care less about the wide receiver position than pretty much everybody else on the planet, which is kind of funny. Yeah, and one thing about their draft is after the run of receivers, they did take the next one in Watson. So I think it was just more about value than anything. Is you know the, Where we're picking in the first round, it's just not worth a, a receiver pick here. It is a crowded room, and I think that's a big thing about their approach is just, just throw a bunch of things and something will stick at the fan eventually. A um, couple things, though. I mean, if by chance DK Metcalf, McLaurin, Debo, I don't think they would trade to Green Bay, but if, if they get to the contract impasse where that's just not going to work, I would be on the phone in a big way if I was Green Bay. I'll give you next year's first and whatever and take Rodgers and one of our young guys as well. Get, clear out the room for DK or McLaurin or somebody like that. The likelihood of that happening is probably pretty slim. Um, I bet they rule with, roll with what they have. Jarvis Landry, to me, is the name on the open market that's probably the best player. But I don't know that he's a great fit considering Cobb and Rodgers are there as well. Um, BP, am I nuts? But I'm interested, and I've yes, bit, I've been on this carrot too many times. Sammy Watkins interests me in fantasy. Maybe only for the first month, first month of the season before he gets hurt, but he can do good things still. Oh, anybody who's going to be potentially highly targeted by a Hall of Fame quarterback would interest me, and he's going to be very cheap in your fantasy. Yeah. Leagues, so. he might lead the league their team in receptions. I mean, while while yeah. wow healthy. Yeah, a veteran wide receiver that has an entire offseason to work with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I right, can see right, him right. out of the gate, and he's more explosive than um, he's the most talented than, one on the group. Yeah. So, uh, and, and yeah, and I wouldn't expect that to continue. So, you draft him with your very last pick in your fantasy draft because he's not going to mm -hmm. go early. 
and then he has a good couple of weeks, and then you trade him off before he gets hurt or gets overtaken by the rookie or something like that. Exactly. Everyone's so excited. To, well, they, the Packers pulled one over on everybody. They revived Sammy's career, and you know. And then uh, Matthew brings up Julio, which is an interesting name that's still out there. Mm. The fact that so it doesn't count towards the comp equation, right? And right. the fact that he's still out there on the street, I'm sure teams are really worried about his injury history. Um, and I, you know, I, would I didn't like his Julio last year, Aaron Rodgers, but you know, who who knows how long that'll last because that injury history is even worse than what we've seen with Sammy Watkins. But I would probably take Julio over Watkins for for the Packers. But uh, Julio wasn't available when they went and got Watkins. Right. I guess. I, I mean. I feel like Julio is end of career, great receiver, you know, Andre Johnson. So, I mean, there's many names where their last couple of years weren't pretty. Uh, I was not very impressed with his tape last year. He, you know, he basically never practices on Wednesday at this point. I don't think he has for some time. Rogers to Julio five years ago would have been Montana to Rice. I mean, like the best combination you can get. I just think that ship might have sailed for Julio. Looking at the depth chart, Sports Fan 79 asked about the Saints, the same question, basically about wide receivers. And after Michael Thomas, which we still don't know what that situation is, we haven't yeah, really, really heard anything about him. I've kind of forgot he existed. They traded up for Olave, but Traquan Smith is, is the number three there. Marquez Callaway. Beyond that, you know, I mean, Aesop Winston, you know, <laughs> Dijene <laughs> Dixon, you know, these are the names that are that are battling it out over there. So their depth is worse than the Packers and, and they attacked the, the wide receiver position even, even harder in the draft as far as going up and getting the one guy, but death is still an issue for the saints. So I would say if I was, uh, if I was a GM of either team, I'd be looking harder at wide receivers. If I'm the saints GM than even the Packers GM. No, that's a good point. I mean, they're one injury away from being really, really light there yet again. And we saw what that looked like and it wasn't pretty. Um, I just talked salary cap and I hadn't planned on doing salary cap, you know, research, but they still have a lot of money. So, uh, a veteran there would certainly make some sense. You know they're aggressive. They're not going to be passive with what they do. Yeah, I could see them adding one more name there. I mean, somebody we've heard of. A couple of good Twitter questions here to finish it up, and, and feel free, maybe we'll hit one more in the chat as well before we finish this live episode on Tuesdays, which is going to be a thing here on Peacock and Williamson. Might even do some more live shows as well because I like the live shows. They're fun. It's fun mm -hmm. to see the chat. It's fun to see the show, the, the folks in there. Let's see. Josh says, the Jerry Rice of question askers, by the <laughs> way. He says, I have pick five in a dynasty draft. I'm on the clock today and have until midnight to make the pick. The team is ready to win now. Do I take Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, or Trayvon Burks? See, I don't love that neighborhood. I assume he's not in a super flex league. I, 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 I don't love these early picks for dynasty, these wide receiver clump. And I'll just tell you how I have the receivers right now. And I change them every day. I go London, Wilson, Burks, Jamison, Williams, Alave, Sky Moore, Dotson. But I don't know the difference between London and Dotson, which is, you know, what seven players deep here is all that much different to me. Um, I just, I'm in the middle of a dynasty draft right now, but mine's super flex. I, tr I had the sixth pick and I ended up with Burks, but I tried like crazy to trade out of it, to be honest with you. I mean, yeah. I'd much rather get another young receiver or a veteran or a future pick really next year's draft is going to be pretty exciting. I think too. Multiple darts. If there's, a, yeah. a, if there's someone, a few picks behind you that wants to move up for their guy, 
move back. If you could get somehow the third mm-hmm. and, and let the, the rest of the league choose for you and you end up with, say, Burks and then get a Sky Moore out of it, I mean, that's that's what I'd be trying to do is multiple throws at the dartboard, if that's possible. Yeah. I don't know if it's if possible, possible. But before midnight to uh, to get a, a trade worked out. But if you have to take one of those three players, It'd I mean, Wilson I, for me. I don't like Wilson's situation, but I would no. choose him over the others. But, you know, his, you know, there's going to be more competition early in his career. We don't know what his quarterback is going to end up looking like in Zach Wilson. Um, not related, by the way. Um, so, you know, I, I would say Burks just because he, he's going to get hit with targets. And you, you, that's what you I draft, settled on. Yeah. You draft the big old dude and you hope if you're trying to win now. But if you're not trying to win now, I would just go for Wilson, who's the best prospect of the three. And maybe this is the time in your dynasty team's career, and rarely do I do this, but you trade that fifth pick in this rookie draft for, I'm thinking of a, insert 28-year-old wide receiver that you can start every week now guy, you know, right. to uh, talking to a dynasty team that's trying to rebuild. You're the Eagles. Not Adam Thielen, but somebody you know, <laughs> four years younger than that. You're the Eagles. You let somebody else be the Titans and trade up into this spot to get Burks, and you give them picks, and you go get A.J. Brown. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, yeah. Something along those lines. Give me an established guy I can start right now. You know, Maybe it's Deontay Johnson or somebody like that. <laughs> somebody that's good. You know, Right. Here's the last one. Speaking of, and by the way, if it's a dynasty league, just, just draft the best player. Oh, yeah. Don't draft for need. I mean, those, those are tiebreakers, but there's so much trade you know, around. Just draft good players. Corey Davis isn't going to be around that long. I don't think that's, that's mm-hmm. the way I read it with the jets and, you know, one injury and all of a sudden Wilson's wide receiver one, if he's not walking into camp as wide receiver one already. I think Elijah Moore is really good. I think he is too, but I think he's going to be a slot. And I think he's clearly yeah, yeah, a slot yeah. right now as their depth chart is um, how they perceive him. And you shouldn't always expect any rookie wide receivers to be huge for you. If you're in win now mode anyway. So if you're already in win now, that means your roster is good enough to win without this pick. I would assume. Mm-hmm. Take it down the road. If you're if you're ready to win now, turn into a future first and something else. Mm. Last one here about those Jets. Is their reva is their rebuild overhyped? Andrew wants to know. The roster is still a five to seven win roster, according to Andrew. Busted on Becton. Mims quite possibly Wilson. Overpaid for mediocre players like Davis, Lawson, Tomlinson, who are who are the hits so far? Michael Carter and Vera Tucker, maybe more. So he's down. He's already called Garrett Wilson a bust before he even uh, straps it up for him. Or I I think he's talking about Zach on that one. Okay, Zach Wilson. Okay. Yeah, Mims is not going to be much there for them. And I, I, they, they recently this week, I think it was Joe Douglas, like was trying to hype him up, or maybe it was the I heard that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, ah, Mims, not really. I just clearly he's not gotten any traction, and you know he's. He's buried on the depth chart anyway. So yeah, Mims I think was a was a miss in the second round, and his short area quickness is just not good enough to separate from from press coverage. Even though he's got some ball skills and some deep speed, it just takes him too long to build up to that speed. So he's just going to be a contested catch guy, and unless his quarterback's ready to throw it to him, and he hasn't been able to get on the field to to allow that quarterback to throw it to him. So yeah, but you know, and Becton, yeah. There's been flashes. Uh, the injuries is probably the worst part for him. They did overpay for Tomlinson and Lawson and Davis, but they kind of had to to get players to go to New York. Um, I'm buying it. I, I think they're in a pretty good position to, to make a to make a, a big move. But the question is, how good is their quarterback, and do they have the right coaching staff? Because if they have that right, their talent is better than some teams in their division, and they could start winning a lot of games. Yeah, and 
I, I don't mind, quote, overpaying, and I'm not sure that Lawson's an overpay. He got hurt. He's a pass rusher. He's a good player. Uh, I, I like where they're allocating their resources, offensive line, pass rushers, wide receivers. Uh, you know, to take it a step further, I think they've put themselves in good position, maybe not to win right this second, but to know if their quarterback is the guy or not. I mean, that's the answer you have to get. And now they have no reason to, no excuses, no, you know, uh, way of saying otherwise. Zach, we put a, more than enough around you to see what you can do. Can you do it or not? So, yeah, I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying, that some of these moves aren't as maybe as home runnish as as we all make them out to be, including the draft, to be honest with you. Like, I get the hunch that um, Jermaine Johnson was not loved by the league quite as much as he was by draft Twitter. And remember, you had that great stat about his sacks are all late, late in the down. And I know the analytics folks don't love the Brees Hall pick, you know, early second rounder on a running back. But I think from what was inherited here, what, two years ago, just a nightmare of a roster. It's now middle of the road. Yeah, oh, there's talent. There's talent yeah, in yeah, almost yeah. every position group now where it, where it wasn't that way before. So the question is, do you have the right quarterback and the right coaching staff? Because if you do, they can go win a lot of games. And so I don't care about yeah. some of the rest of this. You're just you're getting into the minutia a little bit too much of, of what's really important. Is Zach Wilson good? Did they develop him? Is it a good coaching staff? You're going to win some games. I'm not suggesting they do this because it would impede Wilson's progress. But what if Baker Mayfield or Jimmy was the quarterback there? Is that a nine-win team? If, you know, health willing, you got yeah, some yeah, yeah. defensive linemen that can pressure the opposing quarterbacks. You got a shutdown guy now in sauce on one side. Mm -hmm. You got plenty of wide receivers. You got guys that can make plays after the catch for your veteran quarterback. You know how someone like Jimmy Garoppolo operates in that offense. You know how that defense works, you know, and Jimmy's gone to the Super Bowl with Robert Sala calling plays on the other side. So, um, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah. he can be able to run the ball. You don't have to be amazing even if you're Zach Wilson. You just can't be a mess and make a whole bunch of mistakes. Right. Yeah, I mean, you have to have a better feel for the speed of the game and your responsibilities. And there is ability there. I don't know. I think I'm not, I don't mean to speak for you, but I don't think either one of us would have taken him a two last year. I, I liked them. I didn't love them at all. It, it's such a weird class. And I have it a was. feeling everyone's sleeping too hard on those quarterbacks. Cause you saw how bad this quarterback class was and the league clearly mm -hmm. didn't like them. And even trying to artificially push those quarterbacks up, it wasn't happening this year. Those guys were so talented last year. And right, right. the biggest jump you see in NFL players is between year one and year two. You have the full offseason program. You've seen the playbook. You've seen the speed of the game. You've gotten some of those rookie mistakes out of the way. And now you can become a pro into year two. And every position, especially quarterback, it's the biggest leap. So uh, I think we might see some some really big jumps from some of these guys. And all of a sudden, it's like, oh, wow. You know, whether it's, and I don't, and some of them are going to bust, I'm sure. So I don't know which ones is it going to be. You know, is it going to be, we're talking about Trevor Lawrence and, 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 and um, Justin Fields is like, oh my God, these guys are superstars. How did nobody draft Justin Fields number two overall? Or are we going to see, uh, you know, Fields and, and Trey Lance or busts? And it's like, oh yeah, Zach Wilson, he was the right pick. Because look at, look at this ability. And he's going to start making those plays now that he's comfortable and stuff. Because you don't just walk in day one in the NFL and start making off platform throws, you know, right, that's right, right, right. Stuff, you know, and that's where that's cherry on top. Yeah. So, good. so yeah. Uh, I, I think two of those, I'm just a guess. And I'm not even going to say the names, although Lawrence is definitely still my favorite. I bet two of those guys drafted in the first round last year, go from a $20 stock to an $80 stock. 
Absolutely. And I yeah. think two of them pass up Mac Jones because Mac Jones got a little head Agreed. start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he did, he wasn't amazing either. And I think he's his his ceiling is kind of capped unless he becomes like surgical Tom Brady-esque mm-hmm. sort of a Drew Brees. Like, oh, my God, this guy just goes accurately with the ball every single time. And that could be the case. Maybe he becomes that $80 mm-hmm. stock. You know, but I have a feeling couple of those guys just because of how physically talented they are they are and we've seen it with some quarterbacks recently that um man that just that that talent just wins out you know so who's going to take that josh allen like jump potentially yeah somebody might mm-hmm. uh, and, and as for mac i know we'll wrap this thing up i think he goes from a 50 dollar stock to a 60 dollar stock right just incremental yeah, 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 yeah. well coached right sure but they lost some you know the, not a lot of talent there and they lost no. josh daniels too so yeah. I would be shocked if he takes a step back, but I don't see a huge step forward. Coming. Essentially, what I would do is I would buy the, as much stock as I could in those 2021 first-round quarterbacks post-hype, and I think you would make a big profit. The 2021 quarterback mutual fund is yes, exactly. buying out, right? <laughs> exactly. Well put. All right. Thanks, everybody, for jumping in the live chat with us on YouTube. If you don't listen on YouTube, go check out Peacock and Williamson Daily on the Locked On NFL channel. Make sure you hit subscribe. And thanks for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every day for your second listen. There's a ton of shows to check out on the Locked On NFL network. And Matt and I will be back tomorrow getting into the AFC draft grades with the AFC East. Talk to you then right here. Peacock and Williamson.